0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conversations with Tara and Ryan. My name is Ryan, and I'm with? And I'm Tara Bauman. And we have a great guest today, Madison Gunn of Absolute Trust Council. Uh, Madison, what? thank you so much for joining the show. And what chapter of the NAAPC are you with? Uh, remind me.
1: I am with the San Francisco Bay Area uh, chapter of the National Aging and Place Council.
2: And she's the new chair! Yay! Yeah. Congratulations! We've got a whole new team of people up there, so it's exciting.
0: Madison is drunk on power right now, so <laughs> we'll see how this podcast goes. Um, we'll, we'll see. No, just kidding around. But thank you so much for doing that. I, I'm i the chair of the Massachusetts chapter. It's a lot of work, and and uh, but it's great to be able to lead and and help people and, and grow the chapter. So that's great that you're doing that. So let's talk. Tell tell us about what you do. Tell us about your company and give us a, an overview of, of what you do and how you help seniors.
1: Great. So I am an associate attorney in for our firm, Absolute Trust Council. Uh, I handle estate planning. So that's trust, will, powers of attorney, all the fun stuff no one wants to deal with until it's emergency and they realize they needed it. Um, and we also handle you know, conservatorship, some states, they call them guardianship, um, special needs trust, planning for seniors, for Medi-Cal, Medicare, and uh, we also handle the fun after death stuff, uh, you know, trust administration probates necessaries. Um, and I'll just add, I'll throw it in here that I am only licensed in California. Um, every single state has a different probate code. Um, this is not one of those things that crosses all 50 states. Um, so we have to, I'll just say, I'll, I'm going to answer as general as I can. Um, most things are, are pretty common across the 50 states, but as always, speak to an attorney in your state.
2: So let's start with then a very general question. I think most people um, assume that wills or trusts are for people with wealth and real estate and assets. So um, can you maybe address that a little bit? Sure, I think a lot of people get scared by the
1: word estate because they picture like Downton Abbey or Buckingham Palace, and they picture this huge estate that you know generates wealth for a town. Um, and then the estate generally just means what you have. It doesn't matter if it's small or large; it's just what you have. It could be your five dollars in your bank account, it could be your house and your two cars and your you know fifty thousand dollar brokerage account and your IRA. It's just a general term that means everything you own. Um, and so having a will or trust is important if you want to determine where that your things go after you die so most states if not all have a law that says where it goes after you die if you don't have anything else in place so having a will or a trust says where that can say where you want it to go or control it how you want to control it otherwise the law is going to say it goes to your legal heirs and here's how this law is going to determine that. Sometimes people don't want that. You may not want your stuff going to your sister. You might want it go to a charity instead. So having a will or a trust sets that up to, for you to have some, a little bit of control beyond the grave.
2: And it's also for things that people don't really think about, like our pets. What happens to our pets? Is that something I know a lot of people do? My in-laws have pets. So what happens when they're no longer able to care for them? And when there's not a plan in place?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, typically, if you have a wheeler truck, you can say where I want my pets to go, who I want them, who I want to take care of them. You can give a little cash gift if you think that might need it to help care for the pet, you know, pay for vet costs, things of that nature. You can also set it up through a rescue. So, sometimes certain rescues, like the Humane Society, will say, if you give us a donation, we will come take your pets, we will house them, and then find a suitable home for them. So, that's like, you know, they do all the vetting and it's through a rescue group, you, especially if you have a, a, a dog or a cat that is a specific breed, you know, not everybody should probably own a Maine Coon cat. They're a little needy or a Great Dane, you know, like, so you might want to go through a rescue for that particular breed. And if you don't have any plan in place and your friends or family don't step in, your pet's going to go to the pound. And I don't think anybody wants that.
2: Yeah, and Go ahead, Ryan.
0: Well, I was going to say the 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 common denominator of who we talk to on this podcast is planning, and and I, I can say that just this week we had a client pass away, and they passed away with their family members yelling at each other in the next room, in hearing distance to where they were staying, and it was I don't know what it was about, but it comes down to care and money. That's what it ends up boiling down to, and you can avoid these things or hopefully avoid these things by setting up a plan for when you can no longer advocate for yourself, that it's all set up, whether it's for FIDO or whether it's for the Lord Barrington Estates, you can do it all and make sure that family members know what's, what's, what the best course of action is. So you try to avoid those uh, family squabbles and those, those fights and that confusion that can lead to some really nasty arguments.
1: Exactly. And it doesn't have to be this big, complicated estate plan. Sometimes it is, but it can be something as much as you hand wrote a will. And it can be something as much as I set up a trust and put everything in it. And there's going to be a trust administration and, you know, it can be and anything in between. So it's not it doesn't have it's not a one size fits all approach by any means.
2: And what do you find most people are fighting over when there isn't something in place is there is there a common denominator there is it always the money and the stuff
1: well um, you'd be surprised like the stuff creates a lot of fights like your precious moments figurines create a lot of strife I don't know why um that's not my personal you know thought process um, when I lose a family member it's not like oh let me get that tchotchke. you know I mean yeah it's nice to have something as a memorial for somebody but I don't think you know, arguing over figurines and, you know, your spoon collection or your decorative plates or whatever. That's not my thing, but everybody's to each his own. Um, So we see a lot of fights over that, surprisingly. And then we see a lot of fights over money, particularly like joint bank accounts. Like, you know, mom has a trust, everything's in the trust, but she took an account out of the trust and put Susie on title with her to help her pay her bills. Well, by law in California... If a joint tenancy on a bank account overrides an estate plan, that's how it's titled, it goes directly to the survivor. And you see people fight over that a lot, especially if like mom threw someone on a brokerage account with her to help make financial decisions. That's a lot bigger than an operating checking account. So we'll see that a lot. And, And, you know, there's only so much we can do about it, but we see it a lot and it triggers litigation a lot which I don't do, so don't call me for that.
2: <laughs> so that was also one of the questions that I had for you today. Like, should people be adding their children to bank accounts? To Does it make it easier in the long run or harder?
1: Yeah, so that's one of those weird things. It really depends on the situation and the family, so, and it depends on the people. So if you add your child to your bank account, it's that account is now considered your child's asset as well. So if they get an offender vendor and get sued, that asset's available as their asset in order to be collected on a judgment. If they get divorced, that's an account that's going to be counted in a divorce. And if you don't, you know, depending on each state with community property laws and stuff, that might be considered available to a spouse in a divorce. Um, You know, so we don't like people putting kids on your bank accounts or your house in a way to avoid, um, which is a whole other issue, because that involves, you know, tax benefits if you don't. Um, But those are all ways that, you know, it can cause trouble. Now, if it's your checking account, and you don't really have any assets, and your social security is going in there, and then you're paying your rent out of there, and it's really, you know, you just get down to that $10 every month, and then replenish it on the first, and it's just, just cycle. it's not that big of a deal. But if you're talking about things that are going to be a big issue, counting against your children in any way, or um, people are going to fight over it, then we suggest not doing that. That's what a good power of attorney is for. <laughs> I, I feel like that. you.
0: I feel like you just described the start of every Nightline or 2020 <laughs> program. Like, you know, somebody's name was on a large bank account and then they disappeared. Well, who could it be? You know. Um, but I'm sure that brings up quite a lot of. Uh, of strife. Now, the other thing kind of to talk about about this is taxes, right? Some of the estate planning allows you to protect and shield your assets from uh, taxation, um, which I know being in California, I'm in Massachusetts, we know about taxes, we know about them well. Um, Taxachusetts over here, and I think you're even worse, but taxachusetts just rings better than whatever you can call California. But (laughs) do you get a lot of business from people that are saying, Hey, I live in California. They're, they're gonna, they're going to take everything I got or 50%. We need to shield this. And what do I do?
1: Yeah. I mean, right now the estate tax for the estate tax exemption for the federal government is like your first 11.8 million is safe. It's
0: pocket change. So if you're
1: married, you get to double that. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you know, all the people worth 25 million and more, they they have to really worry about it, but those are people that don't pay taxes anyways, frankly. So or at least know how not how to get around that. So the rest of us, we just keep track of how those laws are going to change. They're going to go down, um, in 2026 to about six million per person. Now, if you own a house in L.A., San Francisco, Orange County, that you can hit that six million pretty fast. Now, your estate tax, your estate for taxation purposes that includes your retirement accounts, any life insurance on your name, you know, all of that. So even though it looks like it's all going to other people, and it's not a part of your will or your trust, like an IRA or life insurance might not be, it's still all included. Um, So you have to think about that. And so we do have certain trusts set up to where you may not be able to avoid estate taxes entirely, but it certainly will allow you to delay it for a surviving spouse. You don't want uh, little house rich widow having to front check to the IRS. So, and then every state actually has their own estate tax laws. So California, we don't have an estate tax. So I don't know. We might, we might be sitting a little prettier than what you say, Massachusetts?
0: <laughs> well, I yeah. mean. Those are the things that caused the Paradise Papers, the Panama Papers, right? You got a hundred million dollars yeah. and all of a sudden Panama looks like a good country to store your cash in. Um, yeah. But but it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is, is that um, that's uh, that's going down quite a bit. And if you if you you say if your your net worth is more than a few million dollars and up. It's going to be that lower to middle class that's going to have to deal with of um, the millionaires. Then you're going to be dealing with the deca and the the hundred millionaires where they've got their their money pretty much locked up some other way.
1: Right. And last I heard, and it might be dead in the water, was that the current administration was trying to change that number to 3.5 million, which is a much lower amount, um, particularly for. Per- Those of us that own homes in California and in some states, you know, I'm sure like Boston is probably the same. You own a house, you know, within the city limits, it's probably worth quite a pretty penny. So it's going to, you're going to hit that real quick. So, I mean, I don't, I haven't heard anything in terms of that moving forward. I think the administration's a little bit uh, dead in the water in terms of getting anything done, but, you know, we don't know. It's possible. I mean, the midterms are in 10 months, so I guess we'll find out after that.
0: Well, well, that's always certainly going to be interesting, but I agree that a lot of these things probably are likely uh, d- dead in the water. But with that being said, you know there is certainly a lot of people out there that feel like there need to be more taxes on on the wealthy, and that ends up bringing bringing your dog into it who's barking he doesn't even like the taxes on the wealthy he's saying i don't want these taxes and so we we obviously know where madison's dog stands on this and we don't edit these podcasts by the way so we're just rolling with it um but those are those are the big ones are there any other services that you seem to find that a lot of families are coming to you for that um that pertain to their planning like what's a what's a service or a situation that might be out of the the norm that you're like hey this doesn't happen often and it's kind of interesting yeah
1: so sometimes we get people asking about their digital assets um so that could be bitcoin um, or you know cryptocurrency or it could be their tiktok page or their you know um their podcast, their uh facebook their whatever you know meta um accounts and so a lot of it is um the state by state again um but typically and we've seen a little bit you know being in the bay area we see a lot of heavy news about apple and, and things like that and how they're not willing as much as they're willing to hold on to your privacy. They're not willing to give it up when somebody somebody dies and they need to hand over the reins to a parent or a spouse. They don't want to hand that over. So um, with Facebook and, and Apple, if you don't have those passwords set aside for somebody um, who's going to take over your accounts or close them, you know, it's very difficult to get these companies to comply. Um, and now we're seeing, you know, with um, Instagram and TikTok, people have these they have monetized everything and YouTube so you know they've monetized YouTube is like if you read their terms and conditions because that's that's what, that's what um, governs everything It's not the state law it's the actual company's terms and conditions that you don't read when you open an account somewhere and you certainly don't read that little email update they send you that they've been updated. YouTube's like if you request money on an account or to close an account for a loved one or a deceased person, We'll review everything and then we'll let you know. That's how vague their website is about everything. Now, in California, there's a law that governs that says that if you have a power of attorney or a will or a trust that gives the power to your whoever is acting for you after you die, they can access all of those things. Now, if you, however that works, I don't know if you can hand over a power of attorney or a trust to TikTok, are they governed by a California probate code? Are they an American company? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know how that would work. It's always going to be a jurisdictional problem. So really having those passwords and having a plan set up prior is the best thing to do. And then of course, with cryptocurrency, that's designed to be anonymous. You can't put that in your trust. You can't put that in your will. You can't even put a beneficiary on that account. And that's even like American companies like Robinhood and Acorn. You can't put a beneficiary on those accounts. They don't even have it in their FAQ, nothing. So it's important to be able to have those logins ready and willing, ready and available for your family members to access that money. Of course, if you give that login information too soon and you don't trust somebody, that might be a bigger problem, but it's kind of a fine line.
2: That was a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't even think about. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, wow, I need to update my own uh, information based on what you just said to me. That's because I, I was thinking digital assets like my pictures on Facebook. I wasn't thinking like cryptocurrency and the yeah. monetization of all of the stuff. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's to me,
1: I mean, for most people, that's the bigger thing is that's what the family wants to make sure is get any money that there might be out there. But that's true. Like if you were to lose, if someone's gonna lose a child, and that like they want that child's videos and pictures, like that might be all that they can have, or fine. And I mean, nowadays, who prints pictures of their kids? Other than when you get the packet home from school, you know, like that, there's it's all on the internet, or it's all on your phone, or it's all on a digital, um, you know, thumb drive somewhere. So you might that might be just important. It just depends on the person and the account, but. Yeah, Facebook just allows you to either close it or memorialize it or let it go on in perpetuity and then you get freaked out when you post something and you're like, oh, so and so posted and they're not alive. And then you're like, wait, what? So it's you know, it gets weird. But yeah, those are all they're all it's a lot of components. I mean, the digital world is just it's too easy to sum it up in digital worlds, digital That, assets. that like, actually happened
0: to me. Uh my mom passed away and I went into her Facebook account. And I responded to a few people and they kind of the first one or two were like, what hey, Debbie, what is going on here? And I was like, no, this is, this is Ryan. This is the son. We're not, she said, you know, we had a laugh about it. Like I thought Debbie was reaching out from the grave, like to say hello to me through Facebook, but absolutely. That's uh, that's, that is something really interesting because um, you know, like I haven't, like for example, I have I've sometimes deleted my Facebook account and then I re reinstated and then I don't have certain friends or my mom isn't my friend anymore and then you're like well you know you'd like to be connected with your mom so it's a good thing I can kind of go into her account and then accept my friend request and see who writes on her page and and kind of the memorialized it but I think for a lot of people you know like they're gonna go hey listen you know, I'm dead, who cares what happens to my Facebook page or Instagram page, because most people don't have it monetized, but those that do, it's certainly going to be interesting, and especially with the Bitcoin, like you're eventually going to have somebody that has like a sizable amount of e-cryptocurrency. I just sounded like I'm 60 right there, didn't I, by saying e-cryptocurrency, God, <laughs> Um by having cryptocurrency and then there's no way to access it because it's locked behind a vault and some 50 digit password that nobody has. And 10, 20, a hundred million dollars is just sitting there for the remainder of time that nobody will be able to access.
1: Yeah. I mean, we see news stories all the time about someone coming through a landfill because they locked their own key or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. So I mean, we're not going to talk about ages here, but they, you know, they lost their own password to their cryptocurrency account and they're still alive and kicking. and they lost their hundred million dollars because they just couldn't get that 16 digit. It looks, I, I picture whatever the password is. I picture whatever Apple tries to pre-populate on your phone when it creates a password for you, like it looks like a credit card number, but it's all numbers and letters and dashes. That's what I picture. I don't know what it actually is, but I, I can't imagine. And that's what I was thinking, Tara. Like if you have to write, who wants to go find all your passwords and write them down for somebody? That just seems like an exercise in futility. I'm going to remind you that you need to change them all.
2: <laughs> that's true. You have to change everything every few months. It's yeah, it's interesting. Well, that's, why you, that's why you
0: have a password manager. You you then you only need one password, and then you can just pass the password down to your next of kin, and then they have access to everything good or bad. I mean, I'm sure there's some things they don't want to know about you have access to, but that's another story for another time. Um, But, you know, that's what you do. You have a password manager like Bitwarden or LastPass or something like that.
2: So can we go back to maybe just kind of one simple question um, to the $100 million Bitcoin, but like, Let's talk about a hundred dollars in your house. What if you literally have no plan mm-hmm. and what happens to your stuff? Your heirs don't have control. Does it, I know it varies by state, but maybe you can give us a general- Yeah. So typically
1: if you have no plan and you have a home and, you know, a couple of bank accounts and the stuff in your home, they have typically, and I think it's the same across all states, is that you'd have to file a probate, particularly if you own a home um uh in california there's a threshold at dollar amount for probate in terms of bank accounts um that so you would have you have more than that or if you have real estate typically you're going to have to file a probate somebody that has some sort of what's called legal standing meaning like they know you they're a family member they could be appointed as the executor of your estate um, the court has to appoint you, they have to vet you, they have to, you have to get a bond um, just to make sure you don't run off with everyone's money. Um, and essentially the law would say who the beneficiaries are. And typically it's whoever your legal next of kin are. So for example, and I don't know if it's the same in every state, but in California, it would be your children um, or your spouse. And that can get kind of weird with community and separate property. So we'll just pretend like that doesn't exist. We'll have a single person die. Um, So it would go to your kids. If you don't have children in California, it goes back up to your parents if they're still alive. If they're not alive, then it goes to any siblings or half siblings you might have. And half siblings are treated as full siblings in California. And if any of them are dead, it goes to their kids. So it just is like this big willow tree of, you know, if it doesn't work on this generation, we go up and trying to, you know, go down and do all that. So eventually it could be like second, third cousins if you don't have any immediate family. So the... Court supervises the process where your executor goes in, cleans out your house, has access to your account, they sell the house, they sell what's in the house, um, unless beneficiaries want anything in particularity, Um, and they liquidate everything, they provide an accounting to the court, and when the court signs off, they write checks to the beneficiaries, and then the attorney for the executor and the executor, both can get paid for their time via a statutory fee compensation. So it's not an hourly rate, it's like percentage of the dollar amount of the state. And it takes a
2: while. I was just going to ask, this process could take months and years, and if you're significant like Prince and have nothing, it could go on till the end of time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, and the executor, if they don't know anything, like if you were a second cousin flew in out of state to help with you know, your cousin's date, they, they have to go through everything in your house to find any money, any cash that they find, gold coins have to be deposited or liquidated. Everything has to be appraised by a court appraiser, Um, you know, all of that. So there's a lot of steps. It's very hard to get a court date right now in California. I assume that's going to be everywhere because of COVID. It's the same, you know, workage delays because of, lack of employees being available. Um, it was pretty bad before COVID <laughs> and now it's just worse. So, I mean, just getting one hearing date, we've seen eight to nine months out and you're gonna need at least two hearing dates in order to have a probate. And that's if there's no problems. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, you're looking at maybe two years at a minimum if there's no issues whatsoever.
2: That's crazy. So just kind of reinforces the need to plan, um, even if it's just a, a small estate. What Yeah, they're small. It, it really helps your heirs in the long run. to help. Yeah,
1: I mean, especially like if you're leaving children behind, um, even if those children are adults, you still might want them to have access to that money right away. And if it's a probate, that's not going to happen. Now, in some states, if you have a will, the probate process can be fairly streamlined. Um, in California, a will is not good enough. <laughs> a will is a regular probate, the same as if you didn't have anything. So you in California, you would need a revocable trust, um, assuming you have the assets that you would need to put in a trust. There are ways to avoid it. Like you can put a beneficiary on your bank account, um, and then it goes that way. That's not going to work if you want to have any type of control um, or have layers of, you know. Like if you're worried about people dying out of order, which frankly, that happens all the time. So best laid plan, you know, but people die out of order all the time. And then we end up with all kinds of problems.
0: I I have a, go ahead. Go, go for it. I have a, I have a question. What it, What is your overall feeling on, on ruling from the grave? And what I mean by that is, if, for those that don't know, is having certain things in your will that other than giving money to certain people, you that certain family members are obligated to do certain things outside of uh, just who gets what money and who gets what house and what, what kind of there must be difficulties that come up yeah. with trying to rule from the gray?
1: yeah so we see that a lot um we see it in i want timmy to be able to live in my house for the next 20 years and then if he moves out or after 20 years then the house gets sold and divided amongst him and his five siblings so those five siblings now don't get an inheritance for 20 years that may work if everybody gets along but I, we've come to find, and it's not entirely surprising, that when money is involved, people stop getting along real quick. Um, so it's just, you know, those are things that, you know, it happens, and we're happy to oblige, but we usually counsel people like, hey, we can do it, it's legal, but you're tying up everybody's inheritance for a long time, or are not going to be happy about it and you know is it worth it to you to have this one child be able to live in the house or is it worth it more worth it to you that they all get along so we just have to counsel them on that and and hope that they make the best decision for their family which is you know no one ever makes the best decision for their you know you would think you are but it goes out the window it goes out the window packing your kids lunch you know it just is what it is
2: you know <laughs> that's very true my daughter just uh found the joy of lunchables because i'm like i'm not packing i had good hopes <laughs> good dreams nope <laughs> yeah
1: yeah everyone <laughs> wants to be the mom that makes a little bento box with the cutout yeah no no and then six o'clock the rolls around and it all goes out the window yep totally
2: <laughs> Well, can you share a little bit about um, what you guys are doing for the seniors in the, San, in the San Francisco Bay Area and how the chapter is getting involved there and kind of how you fit into um, what the chapter is doing there?
1: Yeah, so our chapter is new-ish and we formed right before COVID. Like we literally signed our documents via DocuSign during when COVID first hit and we first locked down. Um, so. We haven't been able to do, we've had one in-person event um, that was this past December and then all that stopped again, Um, but we had a mixer, but we've been trying to do, um, you know, Facebook lives and or webinars just to promote education. Um, Our big focus right now is membership because we need more people so we can provide more education. So we're just trying to continually work on how we can all fit in and help each other. Um, So... You know, as I'm the only attorney in the group, so I get a lot of questions. We also deal a lot with Medi-Cal planning, which is California's version of Medicaid, um, which is, you know, everybody wants to pay for that home care that it doesn't pay for. So um, or that they think Medicare pays for that it does not. Um, So it's a lot of just answering basic questions that, um, you know, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of centralized resources that just Explain all of this. Like, how does housing work? If I can no longer live on my own, where are the options? Who pays for what? Does anyone pay for it other than me? You know, and all of those options. So, we have quite a few members who are either in senior placement or senior care um, or assisted living. And so, we try and all focus on how we can help each other. We have, you know, a grab bar person who does um, house modifications, we have downsizers, we have um, all kinds of people that are great. I just had someone reach out to me that is a senior dentist that goes to your home. And everyone is very excited about that. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's not great. Medicare doesn't cover dental yet. Um, But so that's not helpful. But in terms of getting someone who's not maybe super mobile that needs dental care, um, that would be great. So we're focusing on membership and focusing on education. I have my two outreach people who are trying really hard to find an in-person location to have monthly um, events, um, it's proving to be very difficult. So we are working on that, but we can always do digital, so that's not,
2: that's forever an
1: option now
2: Mm -hmm. to do a webinar. And you are one of the guest speakers on our new partnership with My Health Angel, which is a streaming service that provides education to seniors across the country. So um, your first event is in two weeks, I think. Yeah, I think and, it's the thirty-first. Uh, yep, you can register at myhealthangel.com if you wanna hear more from Madison or if you have some seniors there uh, that have um, questions, legal questions, they are able to ask Madison questions directly during that presentation. So you can sign up at myhealthangel.com for that. And if people want to get a hold of you directly, Madison, how would they do that?
1: Yeah, they can reach me um, through our website at absolutetrustcouncil.com. Um, I would spell it, but that's really long. But just know that council is C O U N S E L. But you can Google it. And it'll, it should pop right up. Um, you can email us at info at absolutetrustcouncil.com. And you can call us at 925-943-2740. I thought I think that's right. Um, <laughs> we're going to pretend that's right. I hope it doesn't go to somebody else. Why that blanked on that right this second? I have no idea.
2: And they I can know. always find you and any of the other members from the San Francisco chapter at ageinplace.org. Yes. That website, I definitely know. Ryan put all
0: the information down below in the description as well, so that if people can't spell counsel or you gave the wrong number, they will get to the right place one way or another.
1: I, I was correct, but my self-doubt just really just drained right there, right in that moment of talking.
0: Yeah, it was actually quite entertaining. So I think it, <laughs> it added to the, the the podcast without it. It shows the personality we all have, right? Fun and and, and going with the flow. But with that being said, thank you so much, Madison, for uh, being our latest victim of conversations with Tara and Ryan. You did a great job, and I think that uh, people will find um, w- the way that you presented uh, your 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 services in, in, in entertaining and informative. Because sometimes they can be tough, right? People people don't like talking about these things, but it's really important and. Um, A little bit of planning goes a long way. So uh, if you're in California, talk to Madison. If you're not, ignore her. Do not call her. She's only available in California.
1: You can call us if you need a referral. We can do that for you to somebody out of state. That's not a problem.
0: And check out Madison's podcast as well, or her her, the company's podcast. They have their own podcast. If you are just dying to get your fix of more information about um, estate planning, that's the place to go.
1: And it's called Absolute Trust Talk, and you can find it on all of your uh, podcast platforms.
0: And I will link to that as well. Thank you so much. And, Tara, any last words?
2: No, this was great. Thank you, Madison. Thanks for all you're doing for our organization and for seniors in California. Yes. Thank and you if having. you
0: out there listening want to be part of our organization, the National Aging in Place, Council, please go to ageinplace.org. You will be able to see the different chapters in your area. And if you don't see one, you could be the one that creates one in your area. And you just sign up, become a member, and uh, you will get access to Tara and I and our email addresses. And we can help you. We are real people that will be able to work with you. So if you're interested, reach out to us. We'd love to have you as a member or starting a new chapter. With that being said, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. We'll catch you on the next one.